This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. On today's show, the guys are talking with Artis Kadu. He's the CEO and founder of Element 451, marketing and PR for schools and universities. You want to check that out. We've also got an Edutech tip of the week. All of that banter, more stuff coming up on the Edutech Guy. You're listening to the Edutech Guys, edutechguys.com. And welcome to the Edutech Guys. I'm David Henderson. Hey, I'm <laughs> You're waiting. I'm like, I was like, what, what's the matter? Oh, pa- I forgot I'm, to say who I'm, I am. I'm patiently waiting. <laughs> hey, He's this is Jeff Madden. <laughs> for Dave to um, say his name. You know, J- David, we're getting a little too comfortable with this uh, podcast. Hey, you know what? It's, it's all good. Hey, it's our podcast. If you don't like it, you can take it. It's our podcast. You can... I'm going to take my podcast and I'm going home. <laughs> That's right. I'm packing up my toys. <laughs> hey, check us out on the web, www.edutechguys.com. You can find us out there smiling back at you. Just go to social media at Guys. We're everywhere you can be on social media. We're on the uh, you know, the face click and the TikToks and um, all that stuff. That's right. The riffraff. The oh, riffraff. Wait, that's, that's a whole other thing. Never yeah, mind. Yeah. <laughs> We're on the Amazon, too. You can check out our book, our workbook. We that's actually right. have a workbook on edu- on a, from Edutech Guys. It's a podcast planner. Yeah. Cool things to fill out, to show topics and all this stuff, and a review at the end. Uh, 100 pages, two pages for each episode. You've got all these great questions and answers and guest lists and the whole bit. Yeah. Check it out on Amazon. Just search Edutech Guys. You'll find the podcast planner from the Edutech Guys. Yeah, man. It's awesome stuff. Going to be a great show today. I tell you, what, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Artis Kadu. Be right back. We've been doing this a long time, and some things we've learned, we've actually put down in a book. And that is a nice show notes workbook to help you create those episodes so that you've got something to work with and to check yourself afterwards to see what you did. You know, don't wreck yourself. That's right. Take your notes on what you want to do on your show, and then after you record the show, go back and reflect 
upon what you learned from that episode and keep on growing. It is an awesome book. It's available through Amazon. You can check it out at books.edutechguys.com. Check out the Edutech Guys podcast workbook at books.edutechguys.com. Hey, welcome back to the Edutech Guys. We're really excited to have our next guest on the show today. Yeah. We're going to let him tell us who he is, what he does, and all that kind of good stuff. So here we go. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Marcus Cadu. I'm the founder and CEO of Element 451. Um, Element 451 is a AI-powered uh, student engagement platform. Um, we help a lot of schools and universities basically engage with those students from top of the funnel, from recruiting and admissions to current students, and then all the way through that student life cycle. Oh, that's really awesome. So let's talk about this and let's talk about the company itself and how you guys got into this. I mean, how did you get sure. into this? What, 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 what created the company? Yeah. So the company, well, I would say that no company comes out of thin air and there's usually a kind of a, a interesting story behind every uh, company and every creation, you know, those ideas kind of percolate a little bit, but you know, my journey and kind of where it started, um, was when, um, I was, uh, I was actually a student, a graduate student and I started working at a university. Uh, this was New York university. Um, I graduated from there and right after that I started working at um, in charge oh, no, I was in charge of their web and media services and also classroom technology so I became you know as part of the website and digital marketing I was responsible for that student experience that first entry to the door on the um, for those students and the website we went through a whole big redesign at the time mobile responsive and I was working a lot with the admissions offices to kind of align their engagement student engagement and admissions because everybody knows that um, the main constituent for any kind of website redesign is admissions. So that's kind of where it started, right? So I started there um, and that was the concept where I'm like, well, it's gotta be a better way for the current systems that they had. So started the idea first iteration, but then I moved away from the university, formed our own, my own agency, marketing agency, and started building the product inside of that agency. And we started working with about um, 50 or so institutions starting to use the product. Um, and then, you know, fast forward, now we realized, okay, we need to kind of open this product up to everybody so that schools start using them themselves. Mm -hmm. And rather than, you know, the agency being the operator, the school can now take advantage of the same great tools and personalization that we were using ourselves. So we spun the company out and that's where Element 451 came. Yeah. So talk about the uh, maybe one, maybe two of the biggest challenges, that whether you're whether it's a K-12 district or higher ed district, the challenge, the biggest challenge they have when it comes to bringing those students actually into their fold. Yeah. Well, so. Um, students' expectations have changed, right? And you know, consumer expectations have changed, right? We've gone through this. Um, you can think about it, Amazonification of things or Netflix, Netflix, like whatever you want to call it. But the expectation that you're, it, it's kind of a push communication, a push engagement. Um, that's not 
their world anymore. Everybody's expecting things to be in real time. They're expecting things to be personal. They're expecting things to be on their own time. And when they're engaging with a brand, they're expecting that brand to know who they are and give them relevant stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So you're interacting with Amazon. It knows exactly hey did you run out of shampoo you know we're it's it's in the mail your next <laughs> so yeah. same thing with netflix it's like you can think about our current engagement with students and how um schools were um kind of engage with students and it's mm -hmm. it's cable based it's like it's like cable it's like i'm going to send you my communications i'm going to engage with you at my own time and by the way um you're going to get whatever i give you at a specific time expectations of those students have changed they're they're expecting netflix they're expecting I, I on my own terms i want to engage with you and by the way i want to do it in my own time i want to see whatever i want to get whatever content i want and by the way you better personalize that to my experience like i better see the stuff that i want right away on my screen right otherwise i'm moving on i'm moving on to the next streaming service i'm moving on to the next thing so that's kind of the biggest challenge that schools have right now. It's not the education, providing the education, but it's actually the demand part and how they're engaging with them because the expectations have completely changed. So I have to ask, pandemic, this has changed the whole landscape completely because a lot yeah. of, we, we were talking today about some universities locally in, in the state of Arkansas that are having issues with um, uh, retaining students because the students have realized, I yeah. can take this online, I don't have to come there, I need to do this. Exactly. Um, so let's talk about how that, I mean, that plays to, into exactly what you're talking about. They they learned over this two years of pandemic that I need it my way, <laughs> I want it now. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about how you're using the AI to do that. Are you guys, you know, sweeping social media? Are you watching, you know, the, the web? No. So, so the way the best signals are like you, us as humans, we're very predictable, hmm. right? We, we follow very similar. Like if we, if you want to predict what I'm going to do, just look at what I did before. And I'm probably going to do, very similar things. Mm -hmm. So behavior is one of the largest predictors of future behavior, current behavior, past behavior. So rather than, you know, sweeping kind of social media or anything like that, what we do is we look at um, students' behavior in the past, meaning we look at similar students or we look at their behavior, we look at their interactions in the platform, what kind of messages do you react to? Um, where are you in the stage? Did you go to a website? Uh, did you open up an email? Did you interact with your, uh, did, did you complete your classes? Did you, um, what kind of grade did you get? So those are the, the signals that we're bringing in. So it's all about behavior. And then we're trying to predict like people that did these behaviors before, what were what was the likeliness of them to accomplish this next thing that we want them to accomplish? Mm. And that's kind of the way we are using the AI. So it's all about behavior and rather than, oh, I have John from zip code, you know, 11220, um, my old zip code. Um, so, you know, John behaves this way because he is in a neighborhood where the average income is, you know, $80,000 per household or whatever. And we expect John to be very similar to his neighbors. It's like, no, 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 that's not the world anymore. Like you don't, 
that that's very biased now um, and, and can be get you in a lot of trouble, so to speak. Right. So, okay, so along this line of conversation then, Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, you're looking at different facets, you're looking at behavior. Um, So as a student, I'm trying to get this from a student perspective. Yeah, Uh, yeah. So there's a university I'm interested in, and I go to their website. Uh, Mm -hmm. The the services that you offer, is this for students who have already expressed an interest in that university, and therefore maybe they've already applied, so you have some of that data already? Or is this like somebody cold coming in, you know, you have no idea if I'm 12 or 50? Yeah. So this is called coming in. So we start collecting data as soon as you land on that website. We start tracking your activity. Nice. We can engage with you via a chat component for as an anonymous person, right? You can start communicating with the school. Um, that's part of Element. And then as you go through, at some point, you're going, we're going to identify who you are because you're either going to click on a link that we send you an email or you're going to fill in a form and then we can go back and now associate those prior activities that were anonymous to you as, um, as, as David, right? So we can do that. Um, and so it's, it starts from the top. Schools have had this problem before where they said, oh, we have stealth applicants, right? Or stealth students. Well, nobody's stealth, right? They were visiting your website before, right? They're right. just, you just happened not to know who they were. <laughs> um, so that's, that's the, the point. But going a little bit further than the way that that student now can expect interactions is, well, first of all, I was looking at a study the other day that we, someone did, and they did this blind, um, you know, secret consumer um, approach where they went into a hundred or so different schools' website. They submitted a request for information form, and the response rates were abysmal. Right, only about twenty or so percent of those schools got back to them within that one day, Hmm. you know, a lot of them didn't even get back to them within 48 hours. And most of them only send them that one automatic reply saying, Hey, thank you for your interest. Here's a link. And that was it. It's like, Whoa, like that student is so valuable Uh that you can't necessarily expect them to uh, follow your old process of hey, we're in control, the school, basically we're letting you in because we have the gate and now you have to jump through our hoops. Jeff, you said it, he was like, I want it now, I can get it somewhere else. Right. Like, why do I have to put up with this? <laughs> right. But exactly. I was wondering, so when you talk about that, th- that makes me think that, I mean, this is super valuable for the student, but it's also super valuable for the university or the school that's looking to bring this student in. So, yeah. I mean, that gives them the opportunity to look at it and go, do we want this student? I know that <laughs> right now it's like, we yeah. need the students, but there are some schools that are like, you know, this is not going to be a good fit for us. Um, th- that sounds like a wonderful piece to the whole, you know, to everything that's going on there. Do you find a lot of universities that like to 
to get that data and go, hey, you know, these are the kids we're looking for. And, and I guess that's actually what I'm getting at. Can they put in, these are the ones we really want to track heavy. You know, when they come in and they meet these needs, can we track these kids heavy? Let's put these in secondary, put these in third. We don't like to talk that way, but I know that, you know, they have to think that way because there's only so many scholarships, yeah. there's only so many slots. Do you see that happen a lot with the, with the, the groups? So... Over the past uh, year or so, what's ended up happening is that, well, last year when admissions dipped quite a bit, even very selective schools dipped into their, um, into that secondary pool of students, right? Because they didn't have enough students. Um, so this year, what's happening is that because they removed a lot of restrictions, meaning like test scores and so on and so mm -hmm. forth, it becomes a lot easier for students to apply. So now they, those selective schools have a lot more applications. So they are going the opposite way. They're like, well, wait a minute. We have to put all these guards into place in order for us to understand now without test scores, how good of a fit are you? Um, so yes, Element can do all of that, but that's usually at a little bit later stage when this student has provided a lot more information, sure. like um, perhaps some uh, you know, high school data or GPA data, or they've gone through an interview or they filled in the application. So that's a little bit later on and you can do a lot of those automatically. So I think the really neat part here is that uh, talking about that, when that student first comes on and we're going to gather this and we're going to create that personalized marketing campaign for that kid. And I yeah. think that's, that's the key, isn't it? We're going to create a personalized marketing. I bet that your, your clients cannot thank you enough for teaching them about marketing, especially when it comes to students. <laughs> yeah. So are, yeah, I mean, are you guys learning a lot from that also about marketing? I mean, you're pulling in that marketing data too, because you're, you're getting that prime, you know, 18, what, 17 to 24 year old, you know, marketing data coming in pretty heavy. Yeah. I, we're getting a lot of that data and it's kind of informing our, a lot of our predictive models and AI. So essentially as we get more data, like we're training that every single day to say, okay, the pattern has changed now. So during the pandemic, that was a little bit different. They were acting differently. Now they act a little bit differently. So it's very valuable to us, right? Because if we have first party data, um, that is super important. That's something that you can't get somewhere else. Like you can't have a product if you don't have, like you can't have this insights without having that first party data that's coming in. Right. Right. So, so it's very, very important. So I think of it, it's really interesting. So, you know, I'm a, I, I'm an, I'm a non-reader. I read half the sentence and then I start clicking. So mm -hmm. I think that's a big, but you know, some websites make me stressed out. So I could see where when you're gathering that data for students, you're creating, since you're creating this wonderful, you know, personalized piece, you're tailoring it to how the student's going to go through the process of registration and the whole been. Am I correct in that kind of that, that understanding? You are, you are. So essentially 
we're building up some traits or some persona traits around that student, things like, hey, um, they like, they're, they're a fan of yours, right? Because based on the interactions that they have, or they're dormant or lurker. Uh-huh. Um, they like opening emails at this specific time of the day, right? So those are the signals that then you can use in addition to some of the preferences that they have around program or location or where. Um, so then the school can come in and say, you know what, this person is in state versus out of state. So I'm going to tweak now the, the email to have multiple versions based on those personas. And when it goes out, like I set it up once and then based on where that student falls in at the time that that message is being sent out, they're going to get that personalized version of mm-hmm. now if they're in state, it's like, okay, come visit us uh, with a call to action versus when they're out of state, it's like, well, we're going to be at this location near you at this time. Come visit us here. So a little bit different, but they're able to do that because of all those different signals and those persona traits that that we're able to kind of uh, bubble up for them and create. I, I, I'm curious um, when it comes to the the entities that are using the Element 451 system. Um, from their perspective, you know you. you uh, many people get kind of caught in the way we've always done things, you know, scenario, right? Yeah. And so this completely shakes up the way you've always done things. So uh, my question is going to have two parts to it. One, um, if you could kind of share a little bit about some of the experience, uh, especially if one stands out where you've worked with a partner and, you know, they were very, you know, kind of set in their ways and they did a complete 180 and went, oh my gosh, yeah, this is, you know, we, we've definitely, we see where we've got to change the information that's being handed out and the way it's presented and all that kind of stuff. But then also talking about all this data, and and I think you hit on a key point, when you've got students who aren't necessarily close by, right? And then especially if you've got a cluster, right? Because now you've got this data. So now all of a sudden you see a cluster of students that are from, just for the sake of argument, for whatever reason, two states away that they probably didn't even know, the, the, the entity didn't even know mm-hmm. that those students were interested. And all of a sudden there's this cluster of students from two states away that are expressing interest, there's potential to reach out. So if you could talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah. So the first, the first part, right. Um, this is how we've always done it. Yeah. It's very, very difficult. Higher education is kind of, I mean, I've, I love it. I've been in the industry for, for a while now, now on the other side, and it's, it's very hard to kind of move things. The best thing that, well, I won't say the best thing, but the pandemic was an accelerator and essentially putting a fire under, um, uh, so it's putting a fire to accelerate that digital adoption, mm-hmm. right? So we've seen adoption, digital adoption now, 10 years compressed into, let's say those two years. Mm-hmm. Um, schools that had to go through these long processes are, oh, we need it right now. So let's let's kind of change our procurement process. Let's change this. That's things that were held. So the pandemic has helped in that adoption. And you know, we're kind of benefiting from that, but there's still um, a lot of different institutions that are not, they're, they're kind of set in their ways, right? And they are still lagging behind in understanding that it's not about them anymore. Like, it's not about them. It's about the student. Yeah. It's, it's about, like, how do you 
how do you compete in a student-centric world, right? In a learner-centric world, for that matter, when they have so many choices. So we tend to do a lot of education right now. Um, we actually have, um, you know, we have a, we launched a certificate program around data and analytics to help schools um, in order to to understand their like how to work with data and how to work with enrollment data and it's the first certificate in enrollment analytics uh, so we had to launch that because we're finding that we're doing the same coaching and teaching individually but now we're like okay let's put all that together so we can so we're we have our first engage conference this um this summer and it's all, all about how do we teach everybody to look at so the student centric journey rather than individualizing the way they've been doing things. And it's open to everybody, right? It's open to everybody. It's online. Um, and it's also in person, but we, there's no fee for it. And it's not about just our clients. It's, it's an industry open one. So we're trying to do a lot of education in order to get institutions to change their their view um it's it's working i mean we're seeing a lot of demand and a lot of inbound for us as, as well so um so i'm, I'm kind of thankful that we're um, we're kind of leading in, in that regard to your second point you know around data and discoverability of like clusters and discoverability of um once you have something that gives you visibility into the things that you're doing, if they're working or not working, right? And you don't have to spend three days asking your data person, it's like, can you pull this data for me? Or can you ask your institutional research person, well, how we were comparing against last year? Like those are simple things. But now once you have all of that into one place, then it gives you the ability to say, oh, this is what we're doing really well versus what this is what we're not and there's not a lot of ai into that right it's just simple you know just some aggregations on and you can kind of see that by eye but if you don't have all that data into one place it becomes very difficult to um to work with um so that's why we're focusing a lot on that data uh, education and, uh, you know, and that's that we believe that that's probably a huge driver of adoption for uh, kind of a marketing approach to enrollment or to student retention, because it, it it's not anymore. You get in the door and then you're out, but you have to look at the lifetime value of that student, of that learner, because it, education now it's changing, right? It's like, hmm. it's everybody's no longer, everybody's a traditional, it's no longer a traditional student. Everybody's a non-traditional student now. Like even somebody coming out of higher ed, I mean, out of, out of high school, they're taking leap year, like they're taking a year off, mm -hmm. they're doing whatever, and they're considered a non-traditional student. And guess what? Like we're taking Coursera courses, you're taking edX courses, stackable credentials, like all of these things are, you know, growing so fast that you have to look at the lifetime value. You have to look at that student as getting them re-enrolled and remarketed all the time. So you almost have to think to yourself, it's like, I'm not an enrollment manager. 
or, or a student, I'm a marketing person now. Like mm -hmm. I have to think like a marketer or a, a chief, a CMO, right? So that's, that's probably one of the big changes that that's happening is that you look at that student as a lifetime, as a lifetime value and not, I get you in the door and my job is done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of our listeners are K-12 and some amazing things are happening in K-12 right now. And in our state, yeah. we actually have open enrollment now. So it's not, you're not dictated to a public school by where you live. You can go anywhere you want to pretty much at this point. So um, let's talk about what, this is going to be a big deal for your industry because schools are, we're already getting mailers. We're getting, you know, come to this school district and that opens up this, uh, you know, that's, that's not just college, university, that's not just post secondary we're now talking yeah. pre-k pre we got to sell pre-k kindergarten first grade all the way through 12th uh sports band cheerleading you know we have to do all that um where do you see that going and where do you see you element uh 451 doing that you know handling that kind of thing yeah i mean it's fascinating right you know uh, a decade ago we were talking about recruiting um, high school seniors, right? We're calling like senior search, or, but then you know, five years ago we started moving lower, you know, closer to ninth grade, like tenth grade, ninth grade, and then now we're going to like you know middle school. I'm like, wow, it's like that student doesn't know if they're going to go to school or not. Right. So, it's, but you also have a lot of um, kind of. Um, charter schools that are yeah. basically the charter school model is becoming really interesting, right? They're, they're acting as private schools that need to recruit essentially for that charter school. Otherwise their money dries up. Right. So they have to operate exactly the same way as a institution that's recruiting or a private school that's recruiting and kind of trying to get that student to stay there. So, it, you know, my kids go to a, um, go to a school here but when we decided where to send them it was it was not just the like it was very i would say very marketing um like driven for us right we were we were looking at um you know we were looking at websites we were looking at um public reviews we were looking at um you know kind of social media presence we were looking at so all of those things were so important to us because we were coming from out of state right we were coming we're moving from new york we're moving to north carolina we we had no idea what what the situation was mm -hmm. so all of the signals that the school had was all the marketing that they were doing or you know maybe marketing not necessarily the content they were producing themselves but like how people were talking about them that's all marketing right i mean right. that's we know that that's all marketing so it's so important that schools like have that presence and have that marketing mindset as well, because like we, it's not just locally anymore. Like you said, it's more like that, that pool has grown so much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I really wanted to get into that. Oh, go ahead. No, I, well, I, I was just going to say, it's been awesome talking to you, yeah. uh, uh, you know, about what element 451 is doing and, and what you guys are offering and the, 
just even listening to you talk about how you've even, you know, your, your organization has even had to adapt and change yeah. even yeah. quickly just because of the things going on. So if our listeners want to get more information from you uh, about, you know, how their school, whether their university, whether they're K-12, how they can get in and learn more about Element 451, what's a good way for them to get in touch with you guys? Yeah, the best way is to go out to our website, element451.com, uh, as in Fahrenheit 451. Yeah. So that's element451.com. That's really cool. Um, Artis, thank you for coming on the show. And uh, we can't wait till the next time we talk to you. you know, maybe down the road we find out some more what's going on. And, you know, you're into public schools and charter schools. And, you know, it's going to be a it's going to be a fun ride over these next few months as we as we get back out of the pandemic and into some you know normalcy, as they say. So. It will. It will. Um, Jeff, David, thank you for having me on. This was great. Thanks, man. Thanks. Hey, thank you so much to Artist Could Do and Element 451 for taking some time out and talk to us about marketing for higher ed in K-12. Yeah, bringing the fire. Bringing the fire. That's right. <laughs> Element 451. <laughs> Fahrenheit 451. That's pretty cool. Yeah, really cool stuff. And I think it's very relevant to what we're seeing now. So uh, states uh, going to open enrollments, uh, vouchers, which are going to start playing a big role in a lot of states and mm-hmm. ours included. But um, it's, it's going to be a pretty interesting changeover. I mean, I think it's really cool. So yeah, thanks to artists. Don't forget to check them out. Element451.com Hey, you know what time it is, don't you? Edutech tip of the week. Hey, it's that time again. Uh, thank you for that lovely intro. Um, uh, this week, if, if you've not noticed it, uh, Google added a really cool feature. I mean, it's yeah, it's a cool feature. At the bottom of when you go to your regular, open your new tab or your search page, shows all your previous stuff that you'd open. That's real. Can you guys cut it out? Anyway, that's really handy. So that is the... Edutech tip of the week. <laughs> what do you think of that edutech tip of the week? Dress on the word week. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Google. You can do better. Uh, oh, now I will say they do have a new feature where you can they, add a watermark to your docs. Well, and you can add drop down menus. Actually, it's not even a drop down menu. It's, it's a drop down like down selector thing you can for put for your in. docs. What uh, this? It's not. What I don't. Not, uh, Come on, Google. I don't. You know, you're giving obviously this, you're giving this stuff away for free. Come on. <laughs> yes, that's right. Microsoft <laughs> made us pay for this kind of crap for years. Exactly how right. dare you, you give how, this away for free? Dare you offer drop down menus inside a document for free? God, sounds like just what is this coming to? Hey, anyway. <laughs> This is what post-pandemic gets you. Is it what it gets Drop you? Drop-down menus in a Google Doc. It gets me other... T- I had to pay, All that money they gave me, I had to pay taxes on it. What are you talking about? It gets me anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. And what it gets me a bunch of broken Chromebooks that students return in backpacks <laughs> yeah. with little sisters yeah, spit on that. it. And, uh, you know, 25 <laughs> stickers of the of Goku y- Baby Yoda or whatever his oh, name was. Oh, God. All that Esser money that was just thrown at school. So they all bought all this technology and it all went home with the kids. And guess what the kids <laughs> did with all that technology? They went free stuff to break. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. Look, Mom, they gave me this computer. What are you going to use it for? I'm going to hammer this thing in on the 
the wall? I think I'd take all the keys off and not put them back backwards. Uh, I'm just going to take them off. That's how well, you know, people used to say, you know, we don't need typing classes anymore. Why do we need typing classes anymore? Because the kids think if you remove the keys and put them in alphabetical order, they'll type that way. <laughs> that is so true. And scary, oh. scarily enough, I think some of the teachers do too. <laughs> oh. oh. Gosh, boy, that's, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. Oh, man. Jeff has found the soundboard, ladies and gentlemen. We are all in trouble from here on out. Just mark this down. This is this is the start. This is the first episode. From here on out, yeah, yeah, yeah. history has been made. You're a comedian. Oh, <laughs> be here all week. Thank you. Try to veal. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. That's actually kind of bassy. It's kind of nice. That's kind of nice. Here's, a, here's my other favorite one, dude. We're going to segue into Fun Time with David. Yes, we are. <laughs> Drive Time Weather coming up next. <laughs> that sounds like one of those bad game show, you know, transition kind of things. Does it really? <laughs> and now Leslie with the weather. No, I, I, yes, exactly. I'll tell you what it reminds me of is uh, the old school uh, You Don't Know Jack game. That's oh, what that reminds me love of. Love that game. Yes. It does. That is, I think yeah. they stole it. And they're up to like game. Jack 12 or something. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Are they? They still make it? Yes. <laughs> I did not yeah, know that. They, now they're like, uh, they're, they're, they got like these party packs. You play them all together. You use your phone to respond. I did not it's, know that. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I just, once I got rid of the DVD, I just never played it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, guess they're dead. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. What happened to Jack? He's not on DVD. <laughs> you give a kid a DVD now, they're like, what is this coaster? Is this a plate? Yes. I don't know what this is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, listen, uh, it's been a great show. Hope you like our banter there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Got a little crazy, didn't we? Uh, we did. As a matter of fact, uh, speaking of you know DVDs and all that kind of stuff, uh, I had the, uh, we, were, we were having dessert the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't have a... Uh, I didn't have a utensil to be able to cut the cake that we were having, so I just got out my Brian Adams CD. Because <laughs> you know why. Cuts like a knife. <laughs> <laughs> Two fat guys with dad jokes. <laughs> okay, listen, we're going to stop we're this. Here. We're going to stop we're this right <laughs> now. Hey, listen, it's been a great show. I'm Jeff Madlock. Oh, my gosh, I'm David Henderson. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the EduTech Guys, edutechguys.com. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you
you want to save time on prep work, increase achievement for all student populations, reliably meet tier one standards, you, you can, can do, do it, it all. all. But, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.